here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. December 19th is today's date. December 19, 1776. The publication of Thomas Paine's The American Crisis. It starts with, these are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the heart of the conflict the more glorious the triumph. Again, this was in the American Crisis. It was a new pamphlet that appeared first in the Pennsylvania Journal. As they point out at the Constitution Center, four days later, like a modern-day football coach seeking to inspire his team, General George Washington had Payne's words read out loud to his troops and McConkie's ferry on the Delaware River. Payne had written the words during the Army's retreat from New York. And you'll remember that Christmas Eve. The crossing of the Delaware. The attack on the Hessians and the British. Which turned the war around. The Army's commanders read the words to a force that included John Marshall. A future Supreme Court Chief Justice. Alexander Hamilton. James Monroe and Aaron Burr. Washington was literally at a crossroads. His opponent, British General Howe, had offered pardons to local residents, and the reenlistment period was ending for the volunteers in his army. Inspired Washington and his troops, who adopted the motto, Victory or Death, crossed the Delaware River during a nor'easter on Christmas Day and routed the Hessian garrison at Trenton. The much-needed victory galvanized the Revolutionary Forces and the Continental Congress. Troops decided to enlist again as Washington's forces won a second battle at Trenton and a key engagement in Princeton. While the pamphlet, American Crisis, did much to inspire the troops, its fame was nowhere near that of common sense. Another pamphlet written by Thomas Paine which was the first viral mass communications event in America. The first version of common sense went viral in the current sense of the word when it hit the cobblestone streets in Philadelphia on January 9, 1776. Common sense sold 120,000 copies in its first three months. And by the end of the revolution, half a million copies were sold. 
The estimated population of the colonies was two and a half million. So about 20% of the colonists owned a copy of the revolutionary booklet. In current day sales, that would amount to about 60 million, not including overseas sales. Now, in the case of common sense, the publicity was literally word of mouth, since people would buy the pamphlet and shout the words on street corners and inside taverns for the illiterate to hear. Payne was born and raised in England, and he'd been in Philadelphia for a little more than a year after getting a letter of recommendation from Benjamin Franklin. He published Common Sense anonymously, and its simple words made the case for the colonies' separation from England in no uncertain terms. In his later years, Thomas Paine would become a controversial figure because of his writings on religion and his role in the French Revolution. And only a handful of people would eventually attend his funeral in 1809. President Thomas Jefferson had permitted Paine to return from France in his final years and wrote about the author in 1821. Jefferson wrote, No writer has exceeded Paine in ease and familiarity of style, in perspicacity of expression, happiness of elucidation, and in simple and unassuming language, Jefferson said. In this he may be compared with Dr. Franklin, and indeed his common sense was for a while believed to have been written by Dr. Franklin and published under the barred name of Payne, who had come over with him from England. December 19, 1776. These are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will in this crisis shrink from the service of their country, But he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. And tyranny like hell is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. This is our history, ladies and gentlemen. And it's very, very important that we remember it. You're not going to hear this in the media. You're not going to hear this on cable TV, network TV, satellite TV. You come here for a reason, and you'll hear it here. You know, I woke up this morning to something that I thought was absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. You know, ladies and gentlemen, in Syria, there are Christian populations. There are Yazidi populations. There are our allies, the Kurds, who have fought shoulder to shoulder with us. The Russians have sought to take over Syria and control that region of the world. Iran is using Syria to build military bases and military roads to heavily harm Hezbollah, one of the largest terrorist groups on the face of the earth. Some numbers have them at 70 to 80,000 in number. It's a militia group for Iran. Turkey, Erdogan, is a genocidal dictator, an Islamic fascist, who murders journalists, imprisons journalists, and so forth and so on. He, too, has designs on Syria, and he wishes to wipe out completely our allies, the Kurds. 
We have 2,000 special forces there in one air base. And with these 2,000 special forces in one air base and other forces in the region, we have managed to do more to destroy ISIS than any country or group of countries before us as a result of the president's leadership as commander-in-chief. But the president has made abundantly clear and is absolutely correct that Iran is a threat and danger and enemy to the United States. The president has abandoned, and rightly so, Barack Obama's deal with Iran. The president has imposed, reimposed, severe sanctions on the Islamic Nazi regime in Tehran and has hurt it economically in order to try and create an uprising in that country. Iran continues to build ICBMs. Iran continues to pursue nuclear warheads with the assistance of North Korea, China, and Russia. Iran has a significant presence in Iraq. Iran seeks to topple and control Yemen. Iran seeks to topple Saudi Arabia. And Iran is preparing for an all-out war against Israel as it prepares its ICBMs with nuclear warheads in the future for every metropolitan area in this country. Iran is the leading state sponsor of Islamic terrorism. Iran is responsible for the death of hundreds, if not thousands, of American soldiers. Iran is our enemy. The president has brilliantly, brilliantly managed the conflict in Syria. Brilliantly. It's not Afghanistan. Will we train Afghanis to be police, train Afghanis to be soldiers, and more times than not, in the classroom, they turn around and murder our soldiers with body bags coming back from Afghanistan. And I scratch my head these days, and I have to be honest with you, and I wonder why. 19 years. That's not what's happened in Syria. Syria has been managed militarily quite differently. It's a completely different situation. And yet it is a crucial situation. We must protect the Christians, the Yazidis, our allies, the Kurds. We must not permit, as the president himself has said, Iran from building its caliphate and from further threatening the United States and Israel. So when the president today announced in Obama-like fashion unilateral, immediate withdrawal of 2,000 American special forces, I was shocked. What precipitated this? With relative peace? What precipitated this? And I posted on my Facebook, which was picked up by other sites, my concern. Now, immediately, 
In the alt-right code pink community, I am accused of being a neocon. Here I am talking about defending Christians and Yazidis and Kurds, but I'm a neocon. I've never been a neocon. I'm a Reaganite. Is Reagan a neocon now? But I do not embrace the Ron Paul, Rand Paul idea of foreign policy where they would have us pull the Navy out of San Diego if they could. They would have us remove all our forward bases, all our forward troops, despite the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of casualties American forces have suffered over the last century. They would have us unilaterally and immediately withdraw from NATO. Ford bases in Germany, in Eastern Europe, in England, in North Africa. While the red Chinese are expanding in Africa, expanding in Southeast Asia, expanding in Central and South America, expanding in the Middle East, and expanding even in the North Pole. And to me what that means is, half a century from now, if a world war is fought, Millions of more casualties. What the president did today was a provocative act. There will be no vacuum left. It will be filled by the Russians. It will be filled by Hezbollah. It will be filled by Iran. And I'm reading reports that Aragon has been lobbying for this. I just saw it on the news. Aragon, the Islamo-fascist dictator of Turkey. Who slaughters people left and right. Who has reversed Ataturk's institution of republicanism in Turkey. Erdogan, who's constantly threatening to undermine NATO. Erdogan, who works very, very closely with Vladimir Putin. Erdogan, who works closely with Iran. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a thug. Why would we listen to him? And I fear this will precipitate a major war. This vacuum that will be created with Iran and Hezbollah versus the state of Israel and the United States. And should that happen, should that become an eventuality, we won't be talking about 2,000 troops then. It'll be a horrific mess. I never understood why Obama and Biden withdrew from Iraq the way that they did. After all the blood and all the resources we poured into that region, they couldn't manage the peace. Honestly, and I love this president, and I've been a major supporter of his foreign policy. This is a very, very bizarre move, in my opinion. And I think we, the United States, and our national security, one day will pay a very steep price for this. It's very unfortunate. This has been a huge, huge success. I'll be right back. Mark in. 
is Mark Levin wishing you a happy new year. Now back to the best of me. For you alt-right code pink fools, those are the Ron and Rand Paul mindset. Let me tell you something. When you post over and over and over again, what about your children, Mark? Any of them in the military? I have a son and a daughter, neither of them in the military. I had a father who was in World War II. I had a grandfather who fought at Guam and Iwo Jima, and a great uncle who fought at Guadalcanal. My father's father fought in World War I. And they all taught me one thing. These horrific, massive world wars don't start in Kansas. They don't start in the continental United States. The Third Reich didn't begin in Oklahoma. The Ottoman Empire, Hungary, it didn't begin in California. The Korean War didn't start in New York. And 9-11 started 7,000 miles away, all the way over there. And they didn't even have ICBMs and nuclear warheads. But they hit New York City. They hit Washington, D.C. They hit central Pennsylvania in the greatest strike against America in American history on the continental United States. Don't hand me this crap that it's 7,000 miles away. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. The Mark Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. You probably heard the big news by now. CRTV and the Blaze have merged to create Blaze Media. You've heard me talk about it for a while now. But the liberal media in its current form is dangerous. It's antithetical to the American principles. It's ideologically driven. You don't get a lot of news in news anymore, do you? They're trying to kill the debate of ideas. We're here to expand it. And so we are building our platforms. We're expanding our our hosts. 2019 is going to be our biggest year ever. We're adding more hosts, more shows. Hopefully we'll be adding you too. And I wanted a chance to give you, my listeners, a small gift this Christmas season and make it a little easier for you to sign up now for Blaze TV. And right now you can get an entire year of Blaze TV for only $6.58 a month. 
when you use promo code Levin Christmas. That's L E V I N Christmas. Here's what you do go to LevinTV.com, L E V I N TV.com, or call us at 844 Levin TV. That's 844 L E V I N TV. It's already Wednesday. Lock this up. Secure the gift. Give it to a family member. Give it to a friend. They're going to love it all year long. I promise you they will. 844-LEVIN-TV or go to levintv.com. All right. Devin in Colorado, XM Satellite. Go right ahead. Hi, Mark. Uh, I'm a retired peace officer. I spent 25 years in the Bay Area. (laughs) Prior to that, I was an Army Special Forces medic. And one of the things that I learned over the course of my career is that you come to rely on the people that you know that have proven you can rely on them. We have a fantastic ally in the Kurds. And I think the United States should start working toward recognizing Kurdistan as a nation, rebuilding their war-torn country, Something like the Martian yes, but Devin, Devin, this will ensure that Turkey wipes out the Kurds. Without us there, the remaining Christian populations are going to be blown away. The Yazidis, what's left of them, and the Kurds, because nobody will be there to protect the Kurds, who have fought with us side by side. Erdogan wants to get rid of the Kurds, and the terrorist organizations want to get rid of the Yazidis and what's left of the Christian communities there. That's what's happening. And the idea that Russia is going to protect them, or Syria is going to protect them, this is, this is not a uh, Peace Corps mission. This is an America's national security interest. When we leave an area like this, where we have actually been enormously successful with a very small number of uh, military assets, you're going to create a void, and the enemy's going to move into the void, and the enemy doesn't sit still. Iran's made it clear they're not sitting still. Russia's made it clear it's not sitting still. Hezbollah made it clear it's not standing, standing still. So what happens to Israel, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Bahrain, Egypt, and on and on and on and on? This is a big deal. Mark, I agree with you totally. That, uh, that's why we should be recognizing Kurdistan and building military bases there. And have- I, I, Listen, I don't disagree, but I'm saying this does exactly the opposite. Well, I know it does, but I'm not agreeing with what is being done. I think Kurdistan- You know, I feel bad for the Kurds. I really do. They stick with us every step of the way, and we apparently don't stick with them every step of the way. Exactly. Exactly, and it's and it's and it's going to cost us in the future. All right, my friend, thank you, and that's correct. If you expect to have allies, in these various battles that we fight when we go overseas to protect this country, uh, it's they're going to be harder and harder to find. Chris, Fairfax, Virginia, Sirius Satellite, go ahead. Yes, sir. Um, I'm a Democrat, and I would say I'm surprised we actually agree on something. I agree. Leaving Syria is a problem. It's going to leave a huge vacuum. As you've already discussed, all the players in there, what are the Saudis going to think? Are they just going to allow that to happen? Shiites for Shias with Iran. It's a huge problem. But why, why are we doing this? We have enormous success with minimal military assets there. Um, 
And cheering today, Russia's cheering today, Iran's cheering today, Hezbollah's cheering today, Turkey's cheering today. Seriously. I'm surprised. I don't like Bolton, but I'm even surprised that he would allow this to happen. Well, Um, he's not the president, for crying out loud. I agree. And, And you were alluding to earlier, I think, I can't put words in your mouth, but Afghanistan is a lost cause. Right when we leave, no matter what we do... All I'm going to say is Afghanistan is completely different. We've had literally over 100,000 troops there at a time. We've got what now, 15,000, 20,000 troops there now? Nothing seems to get better, except our guys seem to get shot in the back. Yeah, I agree with you. Stay in Syria, get, get out of Afghanistan, because right when we leave, the Pakistan ISI and the Taliban, Kabul's going to fall... The current president, he's going to take all the cash and run. I agree with you, completely two different situations. But Syria, like you said, Russia... We have minimal military assets that have been so brilliantly used. And it's been so successful in terms of dealing with Iran, Russia, and Hezbollah. I honestly don't understand this unless we're doing the work of Turkey. Where Turkey wants us to get out, and Turkey wants to wipe out the Kurds, and Turkey will claim that it can take out ISIS. Turkey's had 20 years to take out ISIS. Have they taken out ISIS? No, they were letting them cross the border of all times. We both know that. And look at that regime in Turkey. It's absolutely repulsive. And it's anti-American. It's anti-NATO. All right, my friend, thank you for your call. Let us go to Lonnie, Huntington, California, 870 The Answer. Go ahead. <coughs> Excuse me. Hey, Mark. How you doing, Mark? Okay. I'm an everyday listener. I agree with you more. This time, I, I don't know. I, I, I just feel we should, be, we should get out of Syria. I, I, that's just my opinion. Yeah, but that's not an opinion. It's a statement. Give us your opinion. Well, that's my, that's my statement. In other words, Why? Why, why? Why are we there? Why are we there? I, I just spent twenty minutes talking about it. I, I know, I know that, but we we have a well. Then, well, here. then counter what I said. I, I don't, I don't want to counter what you say. I just want to, I just want to disagree with you. That's it. I just want right, to disagree sir. with you. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. A gentleman. Uh, let us go to John, Fort Worth, Texas. A vet. How are you, sir? I'm great, Mark. It's a privilege. Thank you, sir. Mark, and I first start off by saying Buffalo Butt Beer. What? Say that again? Buffalo Butt Beer. There was a show you wanted to know what your callers drink one night. Ha, 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 Thank one. you. Okay. Um, I just wanted to say, uh, before I retired, I was in uh, one of my last missions was in uh when we were moving our equipment out of Iraq, right? And I'll never forget the locals saying that when the, when you guys leave, they're coming. And and they sure did, you know. And, and this is going to be exactly the same. This is You're Iraq. Absolutely correct on this one. This is Iraq. This the pullout under Obama, and then they the, the terrorists come in and start slaughtering everybody. Yes. You know what it reminds me of? When I was a teenager, I remember when Congress cut off funds uh, for South Vietnam, Gerald Ford was the commander-in-chief. He was very uh, 
politically weak at the time because he had pardoned Nixon and uh, everybody knew he was in a very, very uh, difficult political situation with re-election and all. And he fought very hard to get funding to sustain our forces and the South Vietnamese forces. And Congress, the, the Watergate Congress, cut him off. Cut him off cold and immediately. And I remember those helicopters. I remember people hanging from those helicopters. I remember the Vietnamese vote people. I remember the Viet Cong and the, Viet, and the um, North Vietnamese coming in and slaughtering our generals that worked with us, slaughtering the civilians that worked with us, hunting down the lawyers and all the others who worked with the United States. It was horrific, absolutely horrific. There is no reason for this. There's no reason to do this. Can you think of one? I can't, Mark. And, and you know, where people don't understand this like that last caller. Where we are in the world, that's our strategic point. We've got to have strategic places in the world to, pro- pro- to protect us back here. They don't, they don't understand it. And they don't understand that we do have alliances and we do have treaties. And when you lead a vacuum and the enemy moves in, and then those alliances and treaties kick in, they're triggered, depending on what kind of war breaks out, American casualties are far more significant because we've already given up geography unilaterally. Now, if you're a leftist or a radical libertarian, you think we're imperialists or colonialists. Not imperialists or colonialists. If we were imperialists or colonialists, like Alexander the Great after World War II, half of Europe would be part of the United States. Northern Africa would be part of the United States. Parts of Central America would be part of the United States. They're not. We have troops in Germany, in France, in Britain, not because Germany, France, and Britain don't have enough money to defend themselves. Because we want forward bases to protect us. So we're not fighting off of the Jersey Shore. So we're not fighting off of the California Shore. They're there to protect us. Go ahead, John. I was just saying, just like you were talking about Vietnam, it's the same way here. We don't just pull out. It's a process. And it is the most dangerous time when our when our troops are transitioning, and I just think it's it's even da- it will be dangerous for them to just pull out unilaterally. You just don't do that. And by the way, if well, we are, and we're going to do it fast. Apparently, now let me ask you something. What will the mindset now, the Islamo Nazi regime in Tehran, the Islamo Nazi Hezbollah militia terrorists? The Russians and the others in that specific area. What are their, what's their mindset going to be now? That they don't have to worry about us. Correct. For one. That they're going to be a lot more provocative, aren't they? Yes, they will. They're going to be a lot more aggressive now, aren't they? They will. That's exactly what happened under the Obama-Biden withdrawal, the way they withdrew precipitously from Iraq. And that's exactly what you're talking about. That's exactly what you experienced, isn't it? It's just horrible. I, I don't know where this came from. But I have voiced my concerns uh, with the administration for what it's worth, which may well be nothing. 
And I do this not to be a contrarian, not to criticize my president, who I adore. But this is a very, very bad policy. It's very, very unwise, in my view. We have enormous success here. And uh, this is really an enormous risk. Thank you for your call, John. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. By the way, Russia has praised this decision. Why wouldn't they? You know, when it comes to car repairs, costly car repairs, you need options. Instead, you're often stuck bargain hunting for the best deal because who can afford to fork over $1,000 for a repair? Can't put a price on your family's safety and security on the road. Well, that's why I've extended vehicle protection on our Camaro 2010 from CarShield. CarShield makes the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work. It's your choice. They also provide 24-7 roadside assistance on a rental car while yours is being fixed for free. If your car has 5,000 to 150,000 miles, it doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. CarShield administrators have paid out close to $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. Save yourself thousands of future car repairs. Get covered by the ultimate and extended vehicle protection like we did. Call 800-CAR-6100 and mention code LEVIN, or visit carshield.com and use code LEVIN. Either way, you'll save 10%. That's carshield.com, code LEVIN, or call 800-CAR-6100, mention code LEVIN. A deductible may apply. Larry! Evansville, Indiana, the great WGBF, a veteran. Go. Great. Thanks a lot, Mark. You know, I, I, I went into Vietnam. I didn't retire until 1994. I was deployed during Desert Shield, Desert Storm. Uh, we left there, and I said, we'll be back. We, we were back. Uh, he's pulling out now, and I'm telling you, we'll, we'll be back. They'll let us walk out. We'll have to fight our way back in. The greatest danger here, Mark, is that... Uh, and you're right, I just heard it as well, Russia praised uh, President Trump's decision. Uh, Russia has, Russia will be in Syria. The greatest danger is probably 25% of the, of the uh, eastern uh, Mediterranean, including the Suez Canal. Russia has surface-to-air, surface-to-surface missiles in northeast Sudan. So the uh, Suez Canal, Red Sea, you can imagine Anybody should be able to imagine what that could do. Do people understand that cuts off the major oil lanes of the world? Exactly. Exactly. And it's not only, it's, you know. So, so, to, so the Chinese are cutting off the major navigable water areas of the world for commerce. And the Russians are going to be able to control the major oil navigable areas of the world. Certainly. And when we, when we have to fight our way back in there, um, and I'm, a lot of the listeners may or may not understand this, but. We're going to get in the situation where, like you said, there's going to be tens upon tens upon tens of thousands of troops in there from the U.S., and then there will forcibly have to be those allowable losses. And what's going to happen is... is, uh, is, is You'll Israel's... lose 2,000 troops a day. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes, very, very fast. Very, very fast. I, I just think we heightened right now with this decision the possibility of a major war right there on the map, involving multiple allies and multiple enemies, involving Russia, involving Israel. 
I think this decision, which is a, a, a self-inflicted decision, is going to have consequences in the years forward. Right. And, and I remember President Trump saying, uh, you know, I'm not going to announce what I'm going to do. This is a while back. Now he's announcing what we're going to do. And there's going to be tire tracks across Jordan, and that's all. And if they, if they, uh, if they, if they infect uh, Egypt, then it's a, it's a cakewalk across northern Africa. All right, my friend, and thank you for your service. Percy, quickly, Los Angeles, California, Sirius Satellite. Mark, I have my crystal ball, and my crystal ball is revealing exactly what we saw two years ago. Go ahead. And that is that we're going to have a march in with ISIS again. I mean, this is ridiculous. Why would you pull out? And by the way, did not uh, President Trump say during the election that we were going to stick around to uh, and maybe even get some of that oil to help pay for the mission in the first place? But, you know, even putting that aside, was there something happening to our military assets in Syria that precipitated this? Nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. Just because Turkey says they can handle it. What, why are we listening to Erdogan? He is, a, he is an Islamo-fascist who does not have America's best interests. He's a double-dealing Vladimir Putin ally. He's an Iranian ally. Iran is our mortal enemy. And Iran thinks this is the greatest thing since uh, falafels. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. This is Mark Levin wishing you a happy new year. Now back to the best of me. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. By the way, that same disgraceful judge who the other day accused retired Lieutenant General Michael Flynn of being treasonous has now taken over our nation's immigration system. And he's ordered... The reversal of the former Attorney General Jeff Sessions' asylum policies, which did comport with federal law, and not only that, people who were deported are to be somehow brought back 
and to go through some kind of a due process system. These activists, left-wing judges, who are taking over every corner of our society, are destroying this country. It's judicial tyranny. And Emmett Sullivan, you are a disgrace yesterday, and you're a disgrace today. That's why these judges should no longer have lifetime appointments. You make dumb decisions and getting judges on the bench and you're stuck with them for life. Like this John Roberts, the chief justice, another clown. That's right, John, I remember you when you were a staffer in the Reagan administration. You've grown in office, as they like to say. Keep an eye on Kavanaugh, too. Sorry, it's true. All right. A little bit more on what we were discussing in the first hour, then I want to move along. Adam Kinzinger, who's a combat veteran, and he was on Fox News this afternoon, and he just heard about what the president decided to do in pulling an Obama. Cut to go. I'm curious, of the, how surprised were you by this this morning? Uh, I was absolutely blown away, and I would remind Senator Paul that, in fact, there was a president recently that declared victory and brought the troops home. That was Barack Obama in 2011 in Iraq. And we know what happened as a result of that. We had the rise of ISIS in Iraq and Syria. This, I think this has not only just taken people like me off guard and Lindsey Graham and all the, everybody, this has taken the national security establishment off guard. And when I say establishment, I'm talking about Mike Pompeo, I think, you know, uh, Mattis, everybody, we didn't see this coming. This is a devastating blow, if in fact this happens, a devastating blow to the continuing fight against ISIS. This gives huge impetus to Iran to continue their presence in Syria. And if we have to, uh, if we have to vacate our base in Al-Tanf, which straddles a very important highway, which connects Iran to uh, Israel, basically, uh, that would be a devastating blow to our allies in Israel. I don't understand where this is coming from. I don't understand it either. I really don't. It was explained to me personally, and I came away more troubled than when I went into the discussion. Uh, I hate to say this, but you'll see. This is, this is predictable, what's going to happen. We're dealing with some very, very vicious countries we're dealing with vicious terrorist organizations. We've had huge success. And all of a sudden, the administration wakes up one day and says, okay, we're out of here immediately. No more thought than Obama and Biden gave to Iraq. No more thought to it. It's appalling. Pat, Casper, Wyoming, the great KVOC. Go. How are you, Mark? All right, sir. Thank you. That's good. My wife loves you. You bring a smile to her face every day. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I was a hospital corpsman in Vietnam, and I'm I'm completely flabbergasted like you are about what what was said to you this afternoon in your explanation about what's going on. And I'm going to tell you something. I know what it was like. I lost seven buddies towards the end of Vietnam because before we can even get out of Syria, they've got their eyes on us. They're going to know everything we're doing. They're going to watch us like hawks. 
and they're going to start poking at us before we get all out of there. Mm-hmm. And I lost seven buddies towards the end of Vietnam while they were trying to get out of there. And I'm I'm going to tell you, it's going to be just as bad or worse this time around. And my biggest question is who, in the name of John, advised President Trump to make that statement? Somebody in his cabinet is really, well, so... How how do you know it's somebody in his cabinet? How do you know? The The President of the United States put out a video today strongly defending this decision um and uh his uh, some of his uh more diehard uh backers are out there defending this decision so they must think it's pretty good well he 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 may have but i think somebody's feeding him a bill of goods and i i some of the people in i'll tell you who i think's feeding him a bill of goods because i just saw the report on the news here erdogan the fascist dictator in uh, Turkey. That's who's feeding the bill of goods. That's a possibility, and no doubt some somebody in our country is buying it, too. <coughs> yeah, uh, Rand Rand Paul, the military expert, foreign policy expert, Rand Paul. Rocket it, Rand, you mean? If Rocket Rand had his way, uh, I mean, just think about where we would be. As I, as I try to point out, as a, as a military family, not me and not my kids, but generations before, you fight for this territory. That's blood and guts. American blood and guts in these territories, in these lands. And you just pull out. As the vet earlier who called before you said, we may walk out, but we have a problem. We have to fight our way back in half the time. That's right. And we're a military family, too, going all the way back to my grandfather in World War One, my dad in World War Two, uh, my brother and I both as corpsmen in Vietnam, and I've got two son-in-laws and a nephew that were Marines. And, and speaking of Marines, you remember what the Iranians did to our Marines in 1983 in their barracks? Oh, yes, I do. And I can see another one of those coming down the road, too. They're wanting to put a big hole in us. And after what we did or did not do on 9-11, you know, I can see us, some some of them in Congress, and especially the... Uh, let let, uh, let uh, me put it to you this way, Pat. Who is celebrating tonight? The Russians, right? That's right. The Iranians, right? Yep. Hezbollah, right? That's right. Er- Erdogan, right? Yep. Who's concerned for their lives tonight? The Kurds, right? That's right. The Christians, right? Right. The Yazidis, right? That's right. The Saudis, the Jordanians, the Israelis, the Egyptians. These are our allies. I really feel feel for for the Israelis. I mean, you know, with, with just us backing them and everything, and now we've now we've gone and done this. That was. Uh, that can't be sitting well over there. I'm sure I'm sure it's not sitting well over there because I'll tell you what I if I imagine what they think, they think this is a big step closer to war with Iran because Iran's not going to believe uh that the United States is prepared to get involved in a war between Iran and Syria and when you create signals like this, you create provocations. You create 
aggression. You heard this fellow Kinzinger. He talks about this base, al Tanth. That's our base. It's, ne- it's on the Syrian east side. It's near Iraq. And in part, the purpose of that base is to prevent Iran from connecting through Syria to Israel. Now, let's just think about this for a minute. We give up that base. We move our troops out. Iran moves through there, starts building bases in Syria. The Russians say to Israel, you better not violate this airspace to take out these Iranian bases. And Israel says, we have to take out those Iranian bases. They've got jets positioned there. They've got missiles positioned there. They're building up Hezbollah with advanced and more accurate missiles. Do you see what I'm talking about? Yes, I do. It's almost like we're giving them a free walk in the park. And we've been successful with minimal military assets here. Right. And I hope to gosh, and I'm one of President Trump's biggest supporters, I hope to gosh he's listening to what we're saying and and says, I made a mistake in my calculations here. We're not going to do it. If he's, if he's half the man I think he is, and he's appeared to be at times, I hope he listens to you and and the rest of us that, are, that have been in the service and that know what this stuff has been, what we're talking about. All right, Because it was, it was not funny at all. All right, Pat. Appreciate your call. Casper, Wyoming. I'd love to go there one day. I think that's going to be fine. All right, I'm going to move on. Doesn't mean we can't discuss this, but there's a lot of other stuff going on. Your Congress, still the Republican Congress, Democrats don't control a damn thing yet. Your Congress is about to pass a continuing resolution, massively expending, uh, spending your, your money and borrowing uh, on your kids' future and getting absolutely nothing in return. And then it moves it into February, January, February, when the Democrats take over the House. Absolutely disgusting. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. You know, if you understand history, and most of you do, if you think about various battles throughout history... And the sacrifices generations have made. Starting with the Revolutionary War. A war that started out as a war that was going to be a loser. Went on for over eight years. Our founders were amazing. They lost far more battles than they won. But they wouldn't give up. When you look at the Civil War. The casualties were horrific. The Civil War. When you look at the casualties at Shiloh, at Chattanooga, at Bull Run, not once but twice, at Gettysburg, and a score of other battles, 25, 30,000 casualties on a battlefield. No jets, no bazookas, 
Unbelievable. Unbelievable. When you look at the casualties we took, America took in Europe during World War I, horrific. World War II, even more horrific. The Korean War. The Vietnam War. When you look at specific battles, the Battle of the Bulge, Iwo Jima, the number of casualties that were taken, fighting over a piece of volcanic ash as we were island hopping, the battles in the Philippines, Saipan Islands, Guam. Terrible. Terrible. But we did these things. Not because we're imperialists, not because we're colonialists, but because we're Americans. Some of these were existential direct threats to the people of the United States. In some cases, we were attacked first. Other cases, not the case. We have 2,000 special forces, essentially, in Syria. There are not casualties every day. There are not even significant casualties that I'm aware of. I mean, we have casualties in Biloxi, Mississippi. We have casualties at Fort Hood. We have casualties, a lot of casualties, here in the United States. Not because of war, but because of the preparation for war. Accidents. Mechanical failures. Electric, electronical failures. There was no reason to do this. Rand Paul goes to the floor of the Senate and praises the president. Rand Paul is an ideologue. He is ideologically opposed to a strong military. He gets it from his father, a Mary Rothberg protege, who supported cutting our defense by 25%. That's not a leader. I don't follow him. I'm also not a radical interventionist. I don't believe in that either. Our intervention in Libya at the urging of McCain and Lindsey Graham and Marco Rubio was a disgrace. The urging of Hillary Clinton in Europe. Gaddafi was in a box. Gaddafi surrendered all his nuclear know-how. We had Gaddafi well under control. Now Libya is a terrorist paradise. And, of course, you remember Benghazi. So I come to this as a traditional conservative when it comes to foreign policy and military affairs. Not to conquer and not to be conquered. Not as an ideologue. You need to use prudence. Prudence when it comes to foreign policy. This was a knee-jerk 
rash decision. Much like Obama and Biden's decision in 2011 with Iraq. In the Iranian mullahs, the Iranian generals, and the Hezbollah militia terrorists, and Putin are laughing, they're partying, they think this is wonderful. Our dear friends, the Kurds, who happen to be Muslims too, by the way, they fear for their lives because they know that Erdogan is now going to move his 50,000 troops at some point on the border to wipe them out. That's not how you treat allies in arms who fought with us. That's not how you treat them. It's not a matter if people agree with me or disagree with me. It's a matter of thinking these things through. You leave a vacuum, it gets filled. Every time. When we come back, time for a celebration, ladies and gentlemen. There looks to be another massive debt spending continuing resolution to ensure that 17% of the federal government, non-essential employees and non-essential projects, will not shut down. And in exchange, the Republicans get nothing. Zero. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, BrickhouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. The Mark Levin Show, where the Reagan Coalition meets every day. Call now, 877-381-3811. See, part of the problem is when Lindsey Graham criticizes the president for this in uh, Syria, Lindsey Graham doesn't have a lot of credibility because Lindsey Graham is a radical interventionist. He still hasn't explained what he was thinking when it comes to Libya, and and much the same with Marco Rubio. I don't dislike these men, by the way. It's not a matter of like. It's not personal. But they're just as knee-jerk. I look at these situations. I try to look at them with prudence, with some historical context, recent historical context. And this is a truly unwise decision. Truly unwise decision. We're going to move on. 
We have this judge, Emmett Kelly, I mean Emmett Sullivan, who's now nationalized the asylum issue, taken the authority away from the president the attorney general. I'm sure he'll get support from the senior judicial analysts and the rest. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the usual pablum. But it's unacceptable. You understand these judges work and live in a cloistered environment. Maybe they have two law clerks. They have their own conference room. They have no experts. They don't have experience in these areas. So to take over these decisions, which has been done under President Trump in a way that I've never seen in my life, is truly appalling. Former Attorney General Sessions did not rewrite the federal immigration laws. And now we have a federal judge who has these activist, progressive judges are contributing to the destruction of the country. This guy Sullivan really revealed himself yesterday. He does not have the temperament to be a federal judge, in my humble opinion. He simply does not. More and more, he acts like a crackpot. But there's not a damn thing I can do about it or you can do about it. That's the problem. The holidays are time for family, being thankful, and sharing blessings. Sadly, the holidays are also about scamming. Every year, fraud increases during the holidays, and the thieves like to celebrate with your hard-earned money. From fake charities to package delivery scams, tis the season for identity theft. This year, don't let the holiday spirit distract you from staying safe. You'll need identity protection more than ever. So get it from My ID Care. They've been taking care of Fortune 500 companies for years. And now they're offering identity protection to everyone so you can make sure your whole family is covered. From Tri-Bureau credit monitoring to dark web scanning, it's the kind of comprehensive protection you need. Plans start for less than 10 bucks a month, and only My ID Care offers a money-back recovery guarantee. So don't worry about identity theft anymore. Enjoy your holidays with peace of mind from My ID Care. You, my listeners, you can get 15% off at myidcare.com slash mark and a promo code mark. Learn more and then let My ID Care take care of you. MyIDCare.com slash Mark, enter promo code Mark. MyIDCare.com slash Mark, promo code Mark. Now closer to home. Closer to home. Newsweek. Senate Majority Leader R. Mitch McConnell announced this morning on the Senate floor he'll introduce a short-term spending bill to fund the government through February 8th that will not include the border security or border wall funding President Trump has previously demanded. Let's just stop there. February 8th, the Democrats will control the House. Mitch McConnell has never been an aggressive advocate for this wall. Mitch McConnell's been a majority leader and a minority leader with the Republicans in the Senate a very, very long time. We're told by Fred Barnes, he's one of the greatest leaders of the Republican Party ever. Some of our friends over at National Review, man, oh man, they've been slobbering all over Mitch McConnell. You know, some things are easy to do in the Senate and some things are harder to do. Mitch McConnell will not cut spending. He will not cut the debt. And he will not assist in building a border wall. And then you will hear a thousand reasons why. The Democrats are in the minority and they win. 
That's what I know. The Senate is expected to vote on the continuing resolution sometime today or tomorrow. Congress and the president must agree on funding measures by midnight on Friday in order to avoid a partial government shutdown. And it seems all the tea leaves, all these signals being sent out from the White House is the president's going to sign it. The move to put a clean funding bill up for a vote comes after Democrats on Tuesday reiterated they would not support any funding measure that allocates money for the president's long-promised southern border, a wall along the U.S.-Mexico border. So the Democrat Party is emphatically against protecting Americans. Emphatically. Boy, wouldn't a speech to the nation have been perfect. As I've been calling on now for weeks, wouldn't it have been perfect to lay out the case? To lay out the case for securing the border? To lay out the case against those who are opposed? To lay out the funding case, all the monies that are spent? Except the small amount that would be spent here? Then we learned today that... The U.S. pledges $10.6 billion, I'm sure you've heard about it, in aid for Central America and the southern Mexico, which, of course, is intended to stem the flow of immigration into the United States. Sounds like another foreign aid welfare program to me. $10.6 billion, but we can't get $5 billion for the wall. Democrats have been perfectly clear, Senate Majority, Minority Leader Chuck Schumer said on the floor, We want smart, effective border security, but that's not a wall. And I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but last time I checked, Chuck Schumer actually voted in 2006 for a wall. And last time I checked, Chuck Schumer is the last person to ask about a wall. He's born and bred in New York City. He's never held a real job in the private sector. He doesn't live along the border. He doesn't care about the border. I talked about this the other day. The people who are in a position of power who are making decisions do not live in the parts of the country where these decisions or lack of decisions have an impact. Pelosi lives in San Francisco. She's perfectly happy with open borders in a sanctuary city. Perfectly happy. Stempy Hoyer, her number two, Prince George's County, Maryland. It's not on any border. No big deal to him. Just more Democrats. Elijah Cummings. Baltimore, Maryland. No big deal to him. Just more Democrats. No problem. Gerald Nadler, Manhattan and Queens. No problem for him. He's not on the border. What's the big deal? Besides, more Democrats. Got to change Texas and Florida and and finally put the knife into the heart of Arizona. What's the problem? California all around. And then we look on the Senate side. Chuck Schumer. New York. Little Dick Durbin. Illinois. Not a single leading Democrat is from a southern or southwestern border state. Not one. They live in a cloistered, geographic, and ideological world. And all they see 
is people coming into this country, three-fourths of whom, based on past statistics, once they become citizens, vote Democrat. That's all they care about. That's all the media care about. But what excuses McConnell and John Thune today from South Dakota, close to the border on the north, just under North Dakota, but nowhere near the southern border. He's not really into the wall. He said, you know, I'm not into this wall thing. I'm not really into it. This is your Republican leadership. Kentucky. It's not a border state. Where's John Cornyn? He's a rhino from a border state. John Thune, South Dakota. Roy Blunt, Missouri. You realize in the vast majority of the leadership of both parties, the border states are not represented. Except by one. The Midwest in the Democrat Party is not represented. The southern states, Clyburn, of course, but the vast majority not represented. We basically have the two coasts in the Democrat Party calling the shots. New York, New Jersey, Maryland, California. And a few speckles here and there, Chicago, Detroit, and so forth. But McConnell can't have a government shutdown. I've explained over and over again, and I just fear not enough people listen. We have millions of people who listen to this broadcast, but apparently not millions enough. There never is a government shutdown. There can never be a government shutdown until the government goes broke. But as a matter of budgetary policy and law, they can't shut it down. 75% of the government's already been funded, including all the law enforcement and military aspects, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid are exempted from all and any shutdowns. The checks go out, the pensions are paid, essential personnel are in place, and yet we shiver at a government shutdown because the media lie about a government shutdown, the Democrats lie about a government shutdown, and the Republicans lie about a government shutdown. Why do they lie about a government shutdown? Because they want to spend money like drunken Marxists. That's why. As I said the other day, it's much easier to be a politician creates program, who spends more money, who creates more debt, because they're never held to account. The generation yet born has no say. They are disenfranchised. I am telling you that the framers of our Constitution would be so thoroughly appalled at what's taking place in this country. So when I see Mitch McConnell and the other pallbearers get up to the microphone, and celebrate the fact that we're going to have a short-term continuing resolution, and then whine about the fact that the Democrats won't go along on a wall, and then celebrate again that we won't have a government shutdown, I say to myself, you are a bunch of disgusting buffoons. You know how to get that wall. You just don't have the guts to stare down the Democrats, to stare down the media, and for once in your pathetic political careers... Do the right thing. 
This is Mark Levin wishing you a happy new year. Now back to the best of me. All right. Want to make sure nothing comes between you and protecting your family this holiday. You need Simply Safe Home Security. If a storm takes out your power, Simply Safe is ready. If an intruder cuts your phone line, Simply Safe is ready. Say they destroy your keypad or your siren. Simply safe. Well, they'll get you the help you need. Here's what I love about this. You might think it's overkill. I don't. It's the last thing you want to think about this holiday, isn't it? But with Simply Safe, you're always ready for anything. They believe nothing should get between you and protecting your family, especially during the holidays when all the crooks and hoodlums know that you and your family are gathered. That's why Simply Safe doesn't cost an arm and a leg. They charge you what's fair, 24-7, professional monitoring. It's just $14.99 a month. And there are no contracts or markups. I recommend Simply Safe to everyone I know, especially this holiday, when you have everything to be thankful for and everything to protect. Go to simplysafemark.com. That's simplysafemark.com. Folks, it's important that you use that URL so they know that we sent you and that you're a Levinite. That's simplysafemark.com. All right. So uh, things are not looking up from a policy perspective. They're not looking up. Let's go to Sean, San Leandro, California, the great KSFO. Go ahead. Yes, I just want to say... um you kind of contradicted yourself in terms of when you mentioned about Sullivan being not able to be uh, hold his emotions. Um, I kind of feel the same way about Cannibal. Uh You mean Kavanaugh, not Cannibal. Yeah, with the a- a- H at the end of it, right? But nonetheless, yeah, I just want to see that same. Uh, Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh had emotions when he was being accused. Uh, of serial lies by a serial liar of gang rape. You expect him to sit there like a green eye shade accountant? On the other hand, sir, when you're a federal judge and you're handling a case, it's not the same thing as when you are personally being accused of 10 weekends of a row, returning back to your high school and leading gang rapes. You see the difference, sir? Uh Somewhat, I understand what you're trying to lead to, uh, get to, but what I'm trying to say is... I'm not trying to no get to anything. What- Okay, well, check this out. Um, again, so so what I'm saying is this: all I know is that both in, individuals showed an opportunity where they showed their emotions, and all I'm saying is I don't have a problem with not- somebody showing their emotions. Human beings are human beings. When you're a federal judge and you're handling a case, and you have the parties in front of you, you act like a federal judge, and you use the temperament of a federal judge. Now, when you're a federal judge who has been nominated to be on the Supreme Court and you're facing a bunch of clowns on a Senate committee who are fundraising off you, who are running for president off you, and who are uh, entertaining accusations of gang rape, you have every reason to be emotional. You're right. You know what? And I'll say this. You do have a point in terms of that component. One last thing, though. 
um, about the Russian collusion thing, why yeah. is there a picture floating around online with Rick Santorum and Marina Butina taking a picture together back in 2015? I'll tell you why these pictures happen. Have you ever been in an NRA convention? Uh, wait a minute. Hold on. Wait a minute. Is, isn't she the wrong person to be taking a picture? I, I understand. I'm asking you. You ever been in a big event where there's five or 6,000 people? And does it the NRA? Oh, no, no, no. Stop. Stop. Please answer the question. Have you ever been in a big event where there's five, six, seven thousand people? Yes, sir. I am a public person. I people come up to me, they put their arms around me before I even know it. They're taking selfies. Mr. Levin, I'd like to meet you. I shake their I have no time to vet them. If this woman had come up to me at an NRA convention or so or, or a CPAC or something and shook my hand, there'd be a picture of me and her around. I don't even know the woman. You understand. Right, yeah. So uh, I'll tell you what, I, I know this. She sort of helped manipulated you guys real good if you couldn't see. Nobody her. manipulated yeah, me. It was the last time I checked. Let me ask you a question, Sean. Who was president of the United States when the Russians were interfering in our election? Who was, uh, okay, I'll tell you what. No, who? Pre- you can say it. President? Who was it? Your favorite, your, your favorite president was. Who was? Who, Barack favorite. Obama, right? What did he do about it? You know, can I say why he didn't do anything about it? Yeah, go ahead. Because if he, if he did do something about it, you guys would have the same type of uh, issues that you Forget guys Forget about you guys. He's president of the United States. The Russians are interfering in our election. And you blame everybody but the commander-in-chief, the head of intelligence at the CIA, the head of national intelligence, everybody but the head of the FBI, the head of the, uh, the uh, Department of Justice, the head of the NSC and NSA. They're busy unmasking American citizens. They're busy sending spies into the Trump campaign. How come none of them are held to account for Russia interfering in our last election? Well, let me answer this. I understand that. You you have a point? Once again... Sean, listen to me. Call back again. I actually like you a lot. Call back again. I have to go. The music means I have a hard break. We'll be right back. From the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Folks, I want you to listen to this. This is Andrea Mitchell. She's been around a very, very long time, as you can see. And um, we'll listen to this, then we'll discuss it. Go ahead. The fact that they were using indelible ink to put numbers on the arms of these children. I know that was Mexicans as well, the other side. But the... The insensitivity, it was an agreement that this was the way they were going to track people. And it's just hideous. They decided to track people by their numbers. It, I do not believe that it was Americans writing the numbers on their arms. And what it does is it drives up these images of more people on the border, which can play into the president's hand in a lot of ways. But it also tells people around the world, and the images of people at our border with numbers being placed on their arms is such a reminder of the Holocaust that it is, it is not acceptable. Yes, and they were marched right into an administrative law judge, told to come back in two years, and disappeared into the country. They weren't marched into fake showers where they were gassed to death. They weren't marked 
in the mass graves where they were machine gunned. They weren't marched into row after row after row of ovens where they were pushed into the ovens and cooked alive. Andrea Mitchell, you are a disgrace. You are a horrific disgrace. And this is how you get to work for Comcast, NBC, MSNBC. In any other profession, in any other walk of life, you'd be cleaning toilets. To make comments like this and to keep comparing what's going on to the Holocaust is to treat Holocaust survivors, and God bless them, those that didn't survive, as political pawns. And the left in the media, the left in politics, the left in academia, do this constantly. They do this relentlessly. Trump and his internment camps. Trump never had internment camps. Franklin Roosevelt had internment camps. The same media, and I will remind you about this over and over and over again, until it becomes understood by the American people, like other things I have to talk about for years. You want to talk about the Holocaust, Andrea Mitchell? And talk about the real Holocaust. Talk about how the media reported on the Holocaust in the United States. Oh, the vast majority of the media did not. And it pushed whatever it was reporting to the back pages of the newspapers. And the newspaper that was most guilty was the New York Times. And yet people getting out of journalism school or moving from the Clinton or Obama administrations or going off the hill from Harry Reid or Chuck Schumer's administration and going into reporting, quote-unquote. The most prestigious place they can work is at the New York Times. Why doesn't Andrea Mitchell talk about her own profession and its failure 75, 80 years ago? Have you ever seen a documentary on any news program, on any of the cable shows, about the failure of the American media to accurately report on the Holocaust. Have you ever seen that by Jake Tapper? Chris Cuomo, Don Lemon? Allison Camerata? Andrea Mitchell? Brian Williams? Shep Smith? Have you ever seen any of them report it? No. See, they're defending freedom of the press. They're not defending freedom of the press. They're not defending anything. They're know-nothing loudmouths who are able to use the Constitution to be know-nothing loudmouths. They're not defending anything against anybody. It's really quite shocking. And so now, even though temporary numbers are put on people so they can keep track of them on the Mexican side... This reminds Andrea Mitchell of the Holocaust. Apparently, Andrea Mitchell hasn't done much reading. 
But these are disgraceful comments by people. Absolutely disgraceful comments. Now, the media like to say that they are the public's eyes and ears and mouth in dealing with people of power. That they represent we the people. Now, how they come to this conclusion is really quite remarkable. Do they take polls? Are they up for election? Now, for the media, there's only one news issue, and that is their spin on Donald Trump. They lead with it. They end with it. They comment on it. They analyze it. They interpret it. And yet... That's not your main interest. You see, the coastal media outlets do not represent the people of the United States. They don't represent your interests. They don't speak to your communities. There was a Gallup poll that was done. It's a new survey, the top problems cited by Americans. And it was conducted by Gallup after the midterm elections. Now, when I go through these, I have a question for you when I'm done. The biggest problem, government. Government. 19%. The second biggest problem, immigration. 16%. The third biggest problem is unifying the country, 8%. Then we get into smaller single digits. Race relations, 7%. Poverty, (coughs) excuse me, 6%. Healthcare, 5%. Environment, 5%. Now, if you listen to the media, you would think environment and healthcare are at the top of the list. Certainly, race relations. But they're not. Government and immigration by far. That's what concerns most of you the most. Is that what the media report on? The size of the government, the size of the debt, the government regulations, almost never. Immigration, your concern. Your concern isn't that the borders aren't open wide enough. Your concern isn't that there aren't enough foreigners coming into the country. Your concern is that the immigration laws aren't enforced. That's the second biggest concern. That's the media. Let me ask you about the Republicans. Did they run on against big government in the House of Representatives? No, they didn't. Did they run on a strong immigration enforcement agenda? No, they didn't. In fact, they ran from both. The Karl Rove School of Losing Elections. So what's the problem, ladies and gentlemen? In so many ways, the conservative agenda is the agenda of tens of millions of our fellow Americans. So who runs on that agenda? Who governs on that agenda? Does Mitch McConnell govern on that agenda? No. Mitch McConnell, when he's all done and over will have contributed to the greatest expansion of the federal government and the greatest expansion of the national debt in the planet's history. Could have been worse, you know. Hard to see. 
in the planet's history. Immigration. The Republicans in Congress haven't done one damn thing about it. Not when they controlled it under George W. Bush. Not when they controlled it under Obama. Not when they controlled it under Trump. They've done literally nothing. Nothing. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. This is the best of the Mark Levin Show. Happy New Year. A couple more things I've been meaning to get to, then we'll get to your calls. The governor of uh, Arizona, his name is Doug Ducey. He appointed Martha McSally to fill the uh, Senate seat vacated by John Kyle, who was filling the seat of John McCain. And uh, what the governor did here was terrible. Absolutely terrible. It was lobbied by Mitch McConnell for McSally because McSally will be completely under his thumb. But McSally just lost an election. And the reason Martha McSally lost her election is she shied away from conservative media, including local conservative talk show hosts in this program, where she and her staff lied to me about, yes, of course she would come on. And how many times did they give us that head fake, Mr. Producer? Repeatedly. She is extremely uncomfortable around conservatives. Conservatives, many conservatives, did not vote for her in Arizona. And this guy, this Doug Ducey, this supposedly conservative governor, uh, he's a, uh, a growing problem for conservatives, too, as far as I'm concerned. So he appoints Martha McSally, who was rejected by the people. Arizona is filled with wonderful people who could be wonderful senators. I suggested one. Zudi Jasser. Many of you are familiar with him. He's been on many programs. He's been on TV. The man is a Navy veteran. He's a hero in many respects. He stands up to radical Muslims. He's formed his own organization of pro-American, pro-Western Muslims. He travels the country in addition to being a practicing physician to advance the cause of Reformation in Islam and pro-Americanism. He lives in Arizona. Can you imagine what a spectacular appointment that would be as a United States senator? The first Muslim, a Republican, a conservative, a Navy vet. And the perspective he would bring to foreign policy issues on the floor of the United States Senate. Instead, in the House, we have two ultra-radical Muslims who are elected, who are part of the BDS movement, part of the Hate Israel movement, and in many respects, part of the Hate America movement. Doug Ducey is not a thoughtful person. He's not a person who looks into the future. He's not a person who's trying to build the Republican Party. He had a magnificent opportunity, and he blew it. He gave in to Mitch McConnell. He gave in to Cindy McCain. Now, I don't mean to offend, but that seat does not belong to the McCain family. 
It belongs to the United States Senate. It belongs to the people of Arizona. You really blew it, Governor, in my humble opinion. You really blew it. You appointed a McConnell lapdog, which is exactly what we don't need, particularly from Arizona, who couldn't even defeat an absolute radical kook in her own right. Shame on you. Shame on you, Governor Ducey. I shake my head sometimes, folks. I look at this stuff. Now, CNN. CNN's not doing a lot of reporting on CNN. (coughs) But the Hollywood Reporter picked up on a story a couple days ago. CNN legal setback points to tougher times ahead for media companies. So, whoa, that's interesting. In a defamation case, the 11th Circuit rejects how CNN and other media companies demanded the special dismissal provision of Georgia's anti-slap statute. As you can tell, I'm running out of steam, but I'm going to try and read this. As far as the First Amendment goes, the television news network CNN better be ready to play some defense. That's because last Friday, CNN suffered a bruising loss in an important appeal. Well, at the very least, make it easier to sue the media in federal court and a handful of states, including Georgia, where CNN is headquartered. So what's this come from? <coughs> the appeal arises from a series of reports in June 2015 on the infant mortality rate for open-heart surgery at West Palm Beach, Florida-based St. Mary's Medical Center. That series showcased an Anderson Cooper show asserted that St. Mary's death rate was three times the national average, prompting defamation lawsuits, including from David Carbone, formerly the chief executive at the hospital, till he was forced to resign upon CNN's report. Carbone alleges that CNN made an unfair comparison to hospitals that did both open-heart and closed-heart surgeries, and that a more proper comparison would be adjusted for risk. Obviously, open-heart surgery is far riskier than, than uh, heart surgery, closed heart surgery. I know this is somebody who's had it. CNN contends that Carbone can't meet the <coughs> oven concerning standard of a defamation suit because the report didn't mention him by name, further argues, and an academic disagreement about methodology can't support a defamation claim, and that its chosen methodology comparing mortality rates constitutes non-actionable opinion. But the specific arguments for the deficiency of Carbone's claims has taken a backseat to the standard by which a Georgia federal judge had to decide whether the case should move past an initial dismissal motion. So in other words, CNN said dismiss this case. It doesn't even merit a hearing. Now, like many states, Georgia has aimed to deter frivolous litigation implicating First Amendment activity by passing anti-strategic lawsuits against public participation statutes, slap statutes. Under this law, plaintiff like Carbone is limited in pursuing discovery, and defendant like CNN saves the costly burden of defending and possibly settling litigation unless the legal claims show a probability of prevailing. So let me just step aside here. So in addition to having protection under the First Amendment, under federal and many state laws, these media companies have further protection. 
the standard, the bar is much higher than they would be in defamation suits against individuals or other corporations. The federal rules, though, under them, federal, excuse me, plaintiffs merely need to demonstrate the plausibility of a complaint on its face in order to advance in lawsuits. Let me cut to the chase. The federal standard is the standard that applies when you have a conflict of laws. The federal standard is lower than the Georgia standard. CNN all of of a sudden became federalists and demanded that the Georgia slap law apply. The 11th Circuit Federal Court of Appeals said, no, there's a conflict of laws. The federal statute applies. You can't dismiss this case. It is a legitimate defamation case, and it shall go forward. So CNN is not really reporting on this, so I'll keep an eye on it, and I'll report on it for them. I'll be right back. This is Mark Levin wishing you a happy new year. Now back to the best of me. Mark Levin, America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now. 877-381-3811. Sleep can be a struggle. You might toss and turn or wake up overheated. Well, the folks at Casper looked at what keeps us awake and dreamed up the luxurious new Casper Wave mattress. The Wave is different from other premium mattresses. Its advanced ergonomic system actively aligns your body, giving you support where you need it and relief where you want it. The Wave has five layers of premium foam. A velvety soft top layer and pressure-relieving memory foam provide luxurious comfort and alignment for all body types. The ultra-breathable foams, along with the humidity-fighting wool-infused cover, regulates your temperature so you can stay cool and stay asleep. Sleep is the ultimate luxury, and you shouldn't sell yourself short. Try the new Casper Wave in your own home for 100 nights risk-free. Casper will even do the heavy lifting with free white glove delivery and setup included. Go to casper.com slash wave now and use code MARK to save $50 on select mattresses. That's casper.com slash wave code MARK. Terms and conditions apply. Let us go to Jeff, Chicago, Illinois, the great WLS country. Go! Hello, Mr. Levin. It is a pleasure to talk to you. I will save the, the it is an honor to talk to you until <laughs> when I talk to the Lord. But Thank it you. is a great pleasure to talk to you. Thank I you. am just so beside myself. I'm telling you about this is like the worst week of my life. I am the hugest uh, Mark Levin supporter and Donald Trump supporter you will ever want to meet. But to have this happen the week before Christmas where we have this crime bill that goes through Flying colors, no questions asked, 87 rhino votes in the Senate. No one even knows what's in it, and we can't get 51 votes on the wall that solves so many problems. Let me me slow you down. You know who led the fight for the so-called prison reform bill in the Senate? Uh, I'm going to... Mike Lee and Rand Paul. Yeah, well... And I, and I like hold on, hold on. You know, you know what organizations out there, in addition to the ACLU and all the left-wing groups, you know what organization out there was threatening members of Congress who wouldn't vote for this? Uh, well, some the, the Koch brothers. Oh, great. There, that's Rhino, too. The, the Koch brothers are libertarians. They're also the open borders crowd. 
And people say, and, and they stood back in many of the races during the midterm elections that went down, they're not conservatives. They're not conservatives. As a matter of fact, I saw one of the senior vice presidents uh, for the Koch brothers industries and so forth standing behind the president of the United States uh, when this uh, prison reform bill uh, was signed and he was clapping. And it's my understanding the guy never liked Trump on day one. Well, I just want to know, like, where, who's giving the information to the president that these are good ideas? I, I mean, where's Sebastian Gorka in all of this? I mean, there's a guy I really respect. Me I understand, too. like, Sebastian Gorka. You know, he wrote the book, Why, you know, Why. No, I, love Sebast- Seb. <clears throat> I love Seb. I love Seb. Matter of fact, he's going to have his own radio show soon. I'm, and, I, and I'll be listening to that as long as he doesn't compete with you, mister. No, he doesn't. He's at a different time. But you're a good man. But I just want to say, I, I, I want you to talk me off the ledge here. I mean, I'm in a Democrat cesspool. I, I know. It's uh, very frustrating. I, I do not understand this constant signing off on these massive budgets where the Democrats get everything they want. I think McConnell needs to be dislodged. You want to have a coup? There's where a coup is necessary. But he's got all these rhinos lined up. The governor of Arizona gave him another rhino in this McSally. He's a disgrace. It's all inside Washington. It's all a bubble. And you think 44 people like just said, oh, okay, that's it. I've had enough. They're all getting their fat pension. It's all fine and dandy. They're all going to be on TV. They get great, you know, members of Congress get great pensions. Oh, the, and great benefits. like and they Great pensions, work. great health care. And then you know what they do? They become lobbyists. You got Boehner out there. He's a lobbyist for pot. Oh, fantastic. You ever see that idiot in commercials? Yes. I knew the guy was on something. I just never thought it was pot. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mark, I hey, hey, the- hey, unless you really understand cannabis, you don't really understand cannabis. It's a former Speaker of the House, for God's sakes. Yes, what you need is someone to teach you how to smoke it and make yourself stupid. That's what you need. That's right. Let's just put it in brownies. You know what? I think I and my wife are the only two people on the face of the earth who've never smoked pot. Well, have you had brownies, though? Brownies I love. Good point, sir. There you, Good point. There you go. See, the, <laughs> I, if, it, if it's in a brownie, I might have it myself. <laughs> All right, Jeff. God bless you, my friend. No, I haven't had pot in brownies. <coughs> Is that what he's saying? No. No, I like regular brownies. All right. I don't smoke anything. What the hell's the point of smoking? Never understood this. I'm not pure as the uh, driven snow. I'm pretty damn close, but I never smoke cigarettes either. I'm looking at people and going, the hell would you do that for? Although, you know, drink Diet Coke. I like sweets, stuff like that. Tom, Long Island, New York, the great WABC. Go. Hey, Mark, Tom. Nice to meet you on the telephone. It's a pleasure. Thank Um, you, sir. The reason I'm calling is I I got in a call earlier today, and I heard that you were um, talking about Mitch McConnell putting this budget bill through. Why would he put this budget bill through without funding the border wall? And I... Um, I heard you allude to that you had a conversation with somebody that the president wants to sign it. Why would he want to sign this thing? Well, I didn't have that conversation. I, I heard that on TV. I didn't discuss that. Oh, I'm sorry. I, like I said, I got into the car a little bit later. Um, well, I why heard. does McConnell want to fund everything? 
because he's a big, bloated, inside-the-beltway Republican rhino politician that only cares about his own power. And he reaches into the states to try and influence the primaries. So we don't send any more of those Tea Party conservative nuts to the Senate, you know. He is a, he is a, uh, a political mafioso. That's what he is. That's right, and I said it. And that's what he is. But that's why in Long Island, you know, I, that's why I made sure that I told your producer, I live on Long Island. Long Island is different than New York State. It's a Republican um, area. Uh, parts of part. it, less and less, but I understand. But, so, you know, the... You have a great congressman on part of, part of that area by Lee Zeldin. Yes, Lee Zeldin's good. Um, Peter King's good. No, nah, Peter King is so-so. He's a big spender, too. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. But he's more for... He was on TV uh, today. Well, I can't shut down... The, he talks very fast, you know, very much the Chris Matthews tone. Can't shut down the government. No, no, no. We've got to show, show the American people that, uh, uh, that, that we can run the government. And by the way, you know, we would lose elections here. No, nah, he's a complete joke. Oh, okay. That's good to know. He used uh, to be better. But, you know, they stay there over and over and over again, and they lose the will to fight. No, this is ridiculous. Because we need the border wall. No matter what it is within New York State, you know, we have all these people coming up here. Now, they're not going to stay in um, Arizona or in Texas. They're going to wind up coming all the way up to New York or be here. And Schumer is going to love these people in, in New York State. The Democrats, than- the, listen, let's be honest. If people were coming into this country from Central South America and three-fourths of them become citizens of vote Republican... Who do you think would be fighting to build the wall? Sure. Now, let me ask you another question. Because we're accused of racism, you know. To me, if we were having a million or two million people come here illegally every year and they're albinos, I would have a problem with it. Would you? Doesn't Uh, matter. Doesn't matter what the race is. What matters is, what are these people doing here? But, of course, they have to turn it into race, tribalism, balkanization, race baiting, turn out their base. The tone is horrific. It's regurgitated in the media. That's why our politics are in the gutter right now. And it is a big problem. Thank you for your call, Tom. Let's go to Bo, Detroit, Michigan. No, no, you can't possibly be listening on WJR because they screw us on that station. How are you, sir? Mark, I'm doing great. I'm actually driving right now, so I'm not on WJR, but it's a pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you. Uh, Two quick points I'd like to make. Um, First being is uh, I think Trump needs to give a speech on immigration. I've heard this echoed um, on Fox. Echoed? uh, I've been talking about it repeatedly. So if you've heard it echoed, that's them listening to me. That's true. And uh, my father made the point about a month ago, and I think it's a great point. The second thing is there's a lot of Republicans out there right now complaining about not voting for Trump in 2020, and these fake polls are coming out about not voting for Trump in 2020 because he's not getting the wall. I think it's a very ignorant statement to make something like that, that people are not realizing that Congress is is the major at fault. I I, I know, but if you're running as a candidate and you guarantee 100 percent not only that there's going to be a wall, but the Mexican government's going to pay for it, and if you listen to this program back then, I said, no, the Mexican government's not paying for the wall. And I said back then, and I'll dredge up this, this if you like, and I said back then, and the other problem is, I said Schumer specifically is not going to want to appropriate the money, and he's going to have to figure out how to do that. If you're going to campaign and say, 100% wall, Mexico's going to pay for it, and people rely on you, you've got to expect people to get upset. 
I think it's fair, and it, it reminds people of Bush's taxes speech. I think that's a fair point. Um, we got to see if we don't keep the pressure on. There's not going to be any pressure. Do you agree with the immigration speech happening now? Sir, I've been talking. I even talked about it today. Yes, go online. Look at conservative. When did I mention this? A month ago, Mister Producer. And then last week, and then this week, over and over again, the president should give a 15-minute speech, go over the head of the media, talk about what's going on on the border, talk about what he wants to do to protect the American people, uh, what the problem is on the border, why the Democrats won't fund it, put it in the context of how much money we spend. Yes, but for some reason, they won't do it. Can you tell me why? I would love to know. I would love to know why. And, and you and I say this as people who want the president to succeed. I don't understand it. I really don't. I don't either. And he would either. control the bully pulpit. This is what Demo- uh, excuse me, what presidents do. You control the bully pulpit, not Schumer, not Pelosi, not the media. This is your 15 or 20 minutes where all the networks and cable shows are on, and you speak directly to the American people. And he could also explain why he's not going to sign this continuing resolution and put it all in context. Continuing resolution is also a joke. I work with the the military in in my contractor job, and this just hurts everybody. It hurts the military. It's hurting Department of Homeland Security, veterans. This is a joke. These budgets seem to be passed, and we can't just put all this pork barrel crap in there from the liberals that they want. It's uh, (laughs) ridiculous. You're a good man, Bo, and give your dad my best, too. We'll be right back. You're listening to the best of the Mark Levin show. Happy New Year. You know, Schumer says the wall won't work. Has he ever constructed anything? I will say that cornrow of plugs on his forehead, that didn't work. Whenever you look at a guy and you see the cornrow of plugs, and you think to yourself, that guy's got a cornrow of plugs on his hair. They didn't really take. Then you know he's a screw-up. Next thing you know, he'll be shooting that stuff into his lips. What do you call it, Botox? Into his forehead. Start to look like Nancy Pelosi. There's a man's man. She likes to talk about those things. Oh, well. Matter of fact, no, I better not say that. Keep it to myself. Do that on a podcast, maybe. You ever wonder how some of these politicians get elected? Look at this guy, Blumenthal from Connecticut. It's a walking skeleton. Lied about serving in Vietnam. The media love him. They can't quote him enough. Guys are freaking nature. Look at this little Dick Durbin from the land of Lincoln, Illinois. Frumpy little kook. Guy's a senator. I believe he's a senator? You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what is beautiful, hold up what is good. The vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, 
locked in the grip of political correctness, no longer allow free and open discourse. Rejecting the idea of objective truth, they peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission, to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. As Hillsdale enters its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 through charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And you are Paul from Green Bay, Wisconsin, the great WTAQ. Go! It's a pleasure talking to you, Mr. Levin. Thank you. Um, people like you and other conservatives like you are our voice here in Green Bay and throughout the United States. I'm a former law enforcement and corrections. We've got some military background in the family. We've got somebody over in, in, the, in the Middle East right now. And you know what happens when a police pull out of a neighborhood? Yep. The same the ho- thing the happens when, take the, over. when the military pulls out of an area, you leave a vacuum, and you allow your allies to be flanked. You, you allow your friends to potentially be killed. And I, I thought that we would have learned something when this happened with the Obama administration. I think that I represent many of Trump supporters, many many conservative supporters. We went through getting our house vandalized, our car vandalized. We had all the Republican and conservative signs all for the last election cycle. And this week has been devastating. We've dealt with the wall. We've, we dealt with um, uh, General Flynn, um, what they're doing to him. We're dealing with the Rhino Republicans looking the other way, us caving in on the shutdown. Uh, we're, we're looking at um, this uh, the asylum, the latest information that's come out of these people being invited back to our country, which they're gonna, basically going to stay. Um I don't know what President Trump is is doing or thinking, what bad information that he's getting. Um, however, this is it's quite discouraging. It's quite fearful. I've got an 18-year-old daughter, 16-year-old daughter that's going to be voting in the next cycle. And how can I go ahead and tell her to vote for conservatives or Republicans? Paul, let's continue this tomorrow. I appreciate your call very, very much. Keep your chin up, folks. We'll talk this through a little bit more tomorrow, okay? We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, Border Patrol, ICE, and all you folks out there protecting us. And thank you, my blessed audience. God bless each and every one of you. I'll see you here tomorrow. Be well.